This is the Modern Day Tribe podcast, episode number 15. Remember to hit the subscribe button so you won't miss an episode. Hi everyone, I'm Sarah, your host of the Modern Day Tribe podcast. I'm here today with a guest. She is a well-being coach, certified in detoxification, specializing in dance fitness, along with being a wife and mom of two kids. Here is Stephanie Hingstenberg. How are you, Stephanie? Thank you so much, Sarah. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. I love it that we've connected and that we're we're off and running. I love this. Absolutely. You you are a woman of many trades, and along with those trades, you are a mom of two kids. And I certainly am. I am really looking forward to this because I've never heard your birth and postpartum stories. So as with our listeners, I am going to be able to hear this for the first time. And then we're also going to talk about your work as a well-being coach. And I am so excited to share this with our listeners because it really does apply to us women if we were to decide to have children before, during, and after we have kids. So I'm excited to talk about that. But first, I would love to hear about your experiences with your two children and your both and postpartum stories. Well, again, thank you so, so, so much for having me today. This is thrilling to be able to talk about this because, honestly, this is uh, something that I don't get to talk about very often. So um, I'm thrilled to be able to do this. Well, um, with my son, I... He's he's my firstborn. He's now 15. He just turned 15 years old, um, which I can't believe it, going into high school. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> with him, um, you know, it was really interesting. My I'm the oldest of five kids, okay. and I my parents, my mom, you know, never shared her birth story with me. And I had a couple of friends that had had kids, but really didn't know very much about what I could expect. I didn't read all of the books or anything like that. I just wanted to kind of have an authentic, you know, organic experience as I went into it. Mm -hmm. Um, However, I have a susceptibility to malignant hyperthermia. My dad actually has malignant hyperthermia. And when I was having my son, the doctor that I was working with was concerned, you know, of course she was concerned and wanted to make sure that I was covered should anything go wrong and I potentially need to have a c-section so I didn't ever really care to have a natural birth to be be honest and then once I had those contractions for the time that I did and then got my epidural I certainly felt a lot better about my decision oh yes um yeah for sure but the the t- the day of basically that I ended up having my son, um, he was due on July tenth, and I actually gave birth to him on July 9th. That night before, I woke up in the middle of the night with some uh, some pain in my very like top left side of my stomach. 
didn't really know what it was. It came and it went and then it came and then it went again. And then it, I just shifted and I didn't feel it again. The next morning, my parents came over to our house and we were all, you know, spending time together before MJ was born. And he, I went to take a shower and my water broke in the shower, which mm. is convenient. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't like a gush. It wasn't what I expected. It wasn't a big gush of water. And so I was sort of confused. I came out of the shower and my mom saw my face and she was like, what's, what's happening? And I said, well, I'm not really sure. And it was a Saturday. So instead of bothering my doctor, which I don't know why I had that in my mind, mm-hmm. I called my teacher that taught our our pregnancy classes. Oh, okay. I, I called her and said, this is what happened. And she said, it sounds like you had a high tear. You need to get to the hospital. And sure enough, that's what happened. My placenta, instead of tearing down by my cervix, it actually tore up by my ribs. Mm. And so the trickle instead of the gush is what happened with me. And so I got in, I was feeling great, uh, not in any kind of pain whatsoever. And they got me into a room and had me all checked out. And the nurse checked my progression. And I wasn't progressing super fast or anything like that. And so she did end up breaking my water, which was extremely painful. Mm-hmm. And uh, then that's when the fun began, and I started having contractions. And I don't really recall exactly how long those contractions lasted before I got my epidural, but it seemed like forever. (laughs) Um, Then I got that epidural and was fine for another couple of hours. And, of course, then it was the the difference of, okay, well, she's got an epidural, and now we need the Pitocin and all of that kind of stuff to kind of, you know, mix mix up the cocktail in the body. Mm -hmm. And all the while, my husband is teaching my mom and his mom who had arrived and my, our best friend who was there and the nurse how to do the hustle in our birthing room. Well, that seems sure appropriate. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so we had some Stevie Wonder playing light. and we were, you know, just trying to keep the the, the attitude light and, and happy right. and positive. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so we did that and then, boy, when that boy was ready to come out, it was time and I pushed seven times and he was born. It was amazing because my doctor had this I I guess this was just her touch. I don't know if every doctor does this, but she basically allowed me to fully deliver him. So when his head, shoulders, and arms were delivered, then she had me put my hands down underneath his armpits and pull, which was a really cool experience. Amazing. Yeah. So then he was born and fully loud and lots of great dark hair and then we started to notice some things like he had some blue around his mouth he had some blue around his feet and his hands and so went through the process of him getting poked and prodded and finding out what was going on with him and he was perfectly fine he just didn't have a whole lot of time in the birthing canal Mm -hmm. to really get everything uh, moved through so went through a couple of tests and and uh he was fine but i do recall being very territorial with him yes uh very territorial but also uh, on the flip side knowing that that wasn't necessarily it it wasn't a very kind thing to do you know my my mother-in-law is uh or was 
she worked in the NICU department in Parkland. Um, she, you know, she has, you know, training for this kind of thing. But boy, I just did not want her touching my son. Mm-hmm. I just didn't. Yeah. So um, had some emotional moments during that and then had some real, real tough times with him latching on. Um, I really didn't last very long. I only lasted about 10 weeks breastfeeding. We bonded, and he's he's a wonderful kid. He's he's uh, grown up into a really cool individual, and I cannot wait to see him become an adult. It's mm-hmm. going to be a really interesting thing to watch. And then with my daughter, she was born 27 months later, okay. and she was breech. And because I'm so tiny and I did not gain a whole lot of weight, I only gained like 21 pounds during my pregnancy. I just didn't have a lot of fluid in order to try to maneuver her. Yeah, flip her around. Or perhaps I was not with the right doctor. I had switched doctors or switched OB-GYNs. And pardon me, she gave me the, the stats and said, look, we could try to move her, but it's about a 50-50 chance that she's going to come out with some sort of brain damage. And I said, well, that's not an odd that I want to... (laughs) No, we're not going to do that. So we scheduled a C-section, and I had to go through a bit of a grieving process with that, to be honest, because I knew I was so good at delivering my son. Mm -hmm. Like, it happened quickly, and I pushed, and I was good at it and so it was really sad that I didn't get to have that experience with my daughter but she was just where she was and she wasn't moving around Mm -hmm. so went in on the morning to deliver her and of course it was one of those situations where you know we were scheduled first thing but then the priorities and the emergencies came in previous to me you know being able to go back so there was a waiting period and of course you know when you get up at five o'clock in the morning to have your baby at seven and then they they don't allow you to go back until it's later. Then it's uh it's challenging. You know, I did what I could and and dealt with dealt with that stress and and uh, and the disappointment as I could. Then she was born via C-section. I don't recall a whole lot. I mean, I just remember it being very sterile. Mm-hmm. You know, being not definitely not the same experience and then uh when they moved me I remember when they moved me after she was born you know they whisk her away to take care of her I definitely did not have the same experience of bonding right after birth with her whisked her away to get you know to check on her and take care of everything and sew me back up and I remember when they moved me from the bed to the gurney to move me into <laughs> into recovery, my mm-hmm. IV ripped out of my arm. So that was, I was just holding my arm up going, I don't think that was supposed to happen. Like, it just felt very uh, chaotic. Yeah. Um, I remember the recovery of coming off of that medication and the drugs was really hard on me. I Mm -hmm. had a lot of shaking, a lot of tense body movements. I felt like I was going to fall off the table. My husband was there with me, luckily. Mm -hmm. And I kept telling him, uh, you know, as I'm shaking and I could hear my voice getting lower and scratchier. And I just kept telling him, I feel like I'm going to fall off the bed. And he was like, you're, you're not, you're not shaking as much as you think you are. 
I'm right here. It's fine. And although that was just still, it was still tough. Yeah. So, uh, but we were in the hospital for, you know, the full four days. I remember my mother-in-law being the best one, basically just because she had so much training, mm-hmm. I think, with helping, uh, that that was very helpful to have her there. My mom was there as well. I think she came later, maybe, I can't remember exactly, but, you know, um, having had surgery in that way and not really being able to get up and move like I did with my first, first was, one, yeah. was tough. And then she, I had even more lashing on problems with her and so I didn't breastfeed her for more than seven weeks. It just, it was not working. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't producing. I didn't have help. I didn't really know what I was doing. It was extremely painful. So we did not nurse for very long, which, you know, I, I do think now that I'm older and, and understanding more about how things work, I see where the bond is different and that connection was different in between my son and my daughter. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so those are my two birthing stories, and you know, these kids are just incredible children and growing up into incredible teens and and adults and with their own set of personalities and quirks to go along with it. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. And always listening to birth and postpartum stories with the things that we go through and traumatic experiences happen, then we see our our kids mm-hmm. later on i've i've had i have three kids and all three ended up actually being c-sections and if you knew me i i was an all natural person and so it, you know we go through those grieving experiences too mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. luckily we are our moms of a little bit older kids that we see and we want to validate those experiences mm-hmm. and know that there is grief with them. And, mm-hmm. you know, I imagine anybody talking about like us talking about it. We feel that grief just yeah. as if it were happening to us right now. Mm-hmm. But Absolutely. but knowing that we see that there's a lot of good that came out of it because we have healthy children and Mm -hmm. you know we're blessed and Mm -hmm. I and I just I really appreciate you sharing those because your birth stories and postpartum because when our when I set up this podcast I really intended for real moms and dads to share their experiences because Mm -hmm. the more that we talk about it the more that moms that have not either had their children yet can know that they're not alone if they come upon a situation where they are not sure of and maybe at least if they've heard about it maybe they can ask more questions and feel and feel empowered so I just honestly feel very fortunate for you that we can hear your story so I really appreciate you sharing that absolutely absolutely and I and I know that could be hard sometimes to talk about things that have uh that are real difficult we appreciate you and I know that there's a lot of things that have happened since you've had your two kids and one of them is you it sounds like you've been a dancer all your life and you've actually (laughs) incorporated that 
coaching and with your dance. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do now? Absolutely. Well, I I did start dancing when I was four and okay. loved yeah. it and made a profession out of it. That's and awesome. So before my son was born, that's what I did as I was a dancer. I was in the entertainment field. I was hiring dancers and singers. Mm. Uh, it was really a beautiful time to really experience that part of the gifts that I've been given. And when the kids were born, it was much harder for me to find, especially when they were young in my 30s, it was very hard for me to find that time or make that time for myself. And, you know, now that they're older and quite self-sufficient, it's a lot easier for me to find ways for me to fulfill that in myself and also tie it into my well-being practice and what I do and how I help people now. But to be very honest, you know, I uh, five years ago lost a bunch of weight and my after I had the kids, I gained a whole bunch of weight and was extremely unhealthy and was just looking at my 40s and thinking I'm I don't want to feel like this anymore. Mm-hmm. Made a shift in what I was eating and how I was taking care of myself in that way which allowed my body to just relax and remove a lot of the the fat and the stress and all of that and so I really just had this amazing transformation which made me want to get back into dance class. Mm. So for a while there I just went back to ballet felt totally at home being at the ballet bar absolutely loved it really got fired up about it and then uh had to make a shift and so wasn't finding adult classes for myself in the area any longer i tried to take zumba but zumba wasn't really it for me i didn't Mm -hmm. feel connected to that at all And so I thought, okay, well, what is the class that I would want to take? Well, I would want to take a class that's fitness based, but that is, that is, that has a core of Broadway or musicals or jazz class in its core. And so I started thinking about it and I was like, well, why don't I just create a class? And then I'll go find a studio where I can teach it. If I have a couple of people that come and take class with me, then not only is that great because then I'll pay for the rental of the studio, but then I will have people to dance with me and it will keep me accountable and I'll show up. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, (laughs) I created Broadway Fit in August of 2018 started teaching it at a small studio here in Frisco, Texas. Uh, Got a a cute little following of women that would come and take with me every week. And then I found a couple of other studios where I could teach it there as well. And so now I teach my class in three different studios in the Frisco area, but I'm also working towards making it an online class that people can take anywhere. I did teach a lot during the quarantine, of course, I was teaching from my garage. Mm. And so I did a lot of teaching on Zoom Mm. and having people that would sign on and take my class that way, but it is a mixture of a, a dance fitness class with the structure of what you would imagine like a, an actual jazz class to be. So it has a, a, a warm-up in the beginning, and then we get into some squats to really start working out those big muscles of our bodies, mm-hmm. and then we go into a cardio phase and end up with some brain balancing activity we we end up on the floor uh doing some planks and some abs and then we really stretch it out and end up in affirmations and it's just one of my favorite things to do um but the big thing that that's different is the music so in the in the classes i'm able to make a playlist out of broadway shows or movie musicals oh how fun 
So, you know, I have a playlist for Mamma Mia. I have a playlist for Rock of Ages. I have a playlist for Hamilton. Mm. You know, all of these shows that have come up that have great music that is just fun to dance to. Dirty Dancing is another one. Um, Hairspray. I'm going to make one out of Footloose because that's really fun, too. Yeah. So it's just fun. And so people come and they take my class and then they leave mentally happier then they came sometimes and then therefore they don't really recognize when they're sore two days later <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, why, why is it that sore? sore well yeah it's broadway fit so you really actually worked out your body but you had fun at the same time so that's the goal oh wow that is the goal yeah. And and you say they sometimes leave happy. I can't imagine anyone leaving <laughs> a Broadway fit. They've listened to musicals and yeah. danced with some friends not feeling happy when they That's leave. True. So, oh That's my god. I think that some people could probably really quickly switch into the next gear of what it is on their to-do list. Absolutely, so maybe yeah. that's why they might not <laughs> sustain the happiness. They uh-huh. might have it when they're leaving the room, but maybe the sustainment part of it is what is the next step of trying to get people to to keep that happy going that's right and i imagine with your well-being coaching that's Mm -hmm. where the the sustainability comes in because a class is like you said for a certain amount of time you know Mm -hmm. 30 minutes to an hour and Mm -hmm. a half say Mm -hmm. and that sustainability you know in my work i'm i'm kind of the same way i really don't want to leave a family and them not feel sustainable that they can carry out what we're doing while i'm there for example to a longevity. So can you tell us a little bit about what that looks like if a client were to work with you? Absolutely. Well, I uh, partnered with a company called Isogenics and they are, these are the products that transform my life and my husband's life and my kid's life, to be honest. And so I partnered with that company really just out, again, out of necessity for myself, I needed to get healthier. And so I use the tool of Isogenics as something that is an easy way for people to get scientifically based and backed formulations that are really geared towards complete well-being. And that's why I like to call myself uh, a well-being coach. In fact, our tagline at Isogenics is the art of well-being, which I think is appropriate for me being in the the art and, and dance world. So when someone, for example, yesterday I had a new friend that came and took my class and she was talking about all of the weight that she's gained during this quarantine. Mm Mm-hmm. And that not coming to work out was part of it. And I said something that I heard before, which is you cannot outrun your fork. So your Mm. fitness regime, regimen, whatever it is that you are doing is fantastic and is part of the whole when it comes to the puzzle of the well-being of your life. But if you are coming and working out and then going home and having fast food all the time, drinking alcohol all the time, having lots of sugary drinks or snacks, then you're sort of defeating the purpose and you're not going to get the results that you want. So I love setting people up with this system, not only for the ease of nutrition and really great, like scientifically backed nutrition, but also it brings in that part of the detoxification that I'm actually certified in because our bodies are toxic no matter what we do. 
we can be in the most healthy situation, but there is going to be some sort of toxicity that enters our body. And our bodies are built in order to flush out a certain amount of that toxicity, but not to the level that it is experiencing in this day and age, Mm -hmm. especially with the stress of what we are dealing with with this pandemic. Mm -hmm. There is so much toxicity that's built up in our bodies just with the the level of cortisol that we're all experiencing with the stress. And so what I like to do is really talk to someone and customize a plan that works using the isogenics tools so that they can cleanse their body, they can feed it and fuel it with massive amounts of beautiful nutrition, minerals, vitamins, nutrition that they're just not going to get, even if they were buying everything organic in the store, Mm -hmm. you're just not going to get everything that you need when it comes to trace minerals and things like that. And so I like to say, hey, here's a really easy way for you to have a, a, a shake, let's say, that is, I, I loved what you said earlier that I heard you say, a one-handed meal, right? Mm-hmm. So a one-handed meal that allows you to get all of the nutrition that you need, a lot of the vitamins that you need, and a lot of the minerals that you need in a very quick, convenient, easy way because we as moms need that. That's right. We need to be <laughs> able to have something that's quick and easy and convenient, but if you can find something that is so completely jam-packed with fantastic nutrition, it, it makes a massive difference. Absolutely. So um, so I like to use those tools uh, mostly because it worked for me and it worked for my husband. I mean, we've kept a collective 50 pounds off for over five years. Oh, um, and we have found this space of well-being that we never really knew that we were missing. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, and it's yeah. a it's a very holistic approach. Yes, it and really is. The more that I get into service to others, I see that holistic approach is really the way to go. Because it if really you're is. if you're trying to work on something like a sport, for example, mm-hmm. you really don't want to work out just your legs or no. you really don't want to work out just your arms. And it's sort of right. the same thing. We mm-hmm. really don't want to just focus on what we eat because the exercise, the output is important too, and our sleep is important and our Absolutely. mind, our mindset and the way that we're dealing with the raise in cortisol levels mm-hmm. with the other external stresses that we have. So that's Absolutely. amazing. I am so excited to have you on here to be able to share about your work because, and I think the work that I do, I think it really aligns because it really does. <laughs> there, There's a lot, there's a lot that goes into our well-being when we're starting families and mm-hmm. when we're growing families and mm-hmm. the Our bodies, how we uh, go through pregnancy, a lot of times really depends on how we take care of ourselves before we even get pregnant. Absolutely. And I think that I innately knew that. I remember being pregnant with my son. You know, if my husband and I were having an Uh, a heated conversation that was about to turn to an argument or Mm -hmm. something like that. I just innately knew I needed to be calm. Mm -hmm. I needed to be as happy and calm as I could be while I grew this child in my belly. And so it caused us to find a new way of 
having a conversation with each other if there was something that was important to talk about, but maybe not, we didn't, we didn't have to bring the negativity in. Mm -hmm. So I think that, you know, that's another piece of the puzzle is how do we talk to each other? How do we treat each other? And how do we treat ourselves? Mm, Yeah, communication, boundaries, Mm -hmm. all Mm -hmm. of that plays a role in that. And and I think mental uh, and emotional support is very important because mm-hmm. those professionals that are able to give us tools in order to have those relaxation mm-hmm. uh, methods when we're getting into something that maybe we don't have as much control over as we would like mm-hmm. and because it's from an external source. But if we have those tools and get that support emotionally and mentally, it will affect us physically, too, ultimately. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think that I've seen it before. You know, interestingly enough, you don't know this part about my story, but I was the office manager for an OB-GYN's office for four and a half years. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So I was able to, in between being in the the space that I'm in now and and being a performer, I, I had that stint. Being able to help the women and see the difference, honestly, in their outcomes and how you know, some of the outcomes would be more positive when I saw positive women or faithful women or uh, women who were coming in uh, as, as opposed to the opposite. You mm-hmm. know, if, if there were women coming in complaining all the time or in, you know, causing causing that kind of stress in their lives it was really interesting to see the outcomes yeah and how they, and I, they could be correlated absolutely and i think that's where it's important to for us to be as service-minded people absolutely. to be good listeners because absolutely. a lot of that stress that we see in others are most likely uh, something that is happening to them or right. maybe it's the inexperience or lack of support that they are not getting mentally and being a good listener with those that have that whether it's a, a physical or a mental pain that maybe we can help them somehow Absolutely. and their outcomes can be different and more positive so oh my gosh I love that I love that something that I do want to mention that you have a YouTube channel I do yes (laughs) it's uh healthy happy living with Stephanie I'm excited to share that with everyone because you often record live on Facebook which Uh I was able to give you a guest on that I'm so excited I wanted to mention that because that actually I'm really big on resources and I know you are too and any sort of free resources that we can provide information and those that are looking for resources there's so many free resources out there some of them that are from professionals like you and I are great resources to share and I wanted to mention that too so the healthy happy living with Stephanie is a YouTube channel that you host and I'd encourage my listeners to go check that out yes please do because there are people on that uh, channel that I've interviewed that dovetail beautifully with the work that you do oh, awesome. uh, people that that can be another tool another another link in the chain that helps for the total well-being of life I have just networked with so many people over the last two and a half years and it's these people that are 
coming to me are coming to me for a reason. I realize that. Um, but they have these gifts that and modalities that I had never heard of before. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like it was extremely important for me to share and not keep it to myself because that's selfish. Um, But, you know, really share that, share who these people are and why it is that they do what they do, because that's, I think that that's really important to communicate, even so sometimes more important than what it is that they actually do. I'm excited to have you as a guest because I think sharing your work and someone will be able to contact you and really know what to expect. And uh, so I'm so excited that you got to share your work and and your stories with us. So how can someone contact you? So um, I am working on a website that, that hasn't been built yet, but I am working on a website. I am on social media on Instagram, you can find me at Steph H Stephanie Hberg, I think, or Steph Hberg. I'm going to have to look at that. Okay, yeah. Um, Either way, I'll put it in the show yeah. notes. Yeah, the show notes would be great. And then uh, my email address is stephaniehberg at gmail dot com, and you can find me on Facebook at with my maiden name Stephanie Schnitzes Hingstenberg, which I think I'm the only one in the world that has that name okay um and uh yeah i'll give you my phone number too it's 214-704-9839 if you like the old school way of just calling somebody that's right um and yeah i'm working on a working on a path to put all of this together in a beautiful little package but it's it's not quite there just yet i love it but yeah. uh, the the what you offer is such an amazing package. It's so happy to share that with everyone. Thank you. So, I so appreciate it. Thank you, Stephanie. And again, I will put all the things uh, about you in the show notes. So if someone's driving in the car listening to this, when you get back home, you can check out the show notes and see how to connect with Stephanie. And I'm just so excited, Stephanie. I am so happy that we were able to connect and do this together so thank you stephanie i'm just so honored to be here thank you so much if you want to hang out with me on other social platforms you can find me on instagram at dallas doula sarah on facebook the modern day tribe and on my website themoderndaytribe.com and If you loved what you're hearing, please leave a review anywhere you listen to podcasts and share it with your friends and family. These reviews and five-star ratings help this podcast get found by more listeners and parents that are also looking for support and guidance. (music) 